Thank you, Coach Farrell, for a wonderful introduction. Uh, as you Americans would say, I'm super excited to be here, right? <laughs> That's the thing to say, I'm super excited. And uh, actually, I had visions and dreams about being back here and speaking in chapel. So I really want to thank God for bringing me here, and I want to thank you for inviting me. But my plan is to tell you my interesting life story as quickly as possible so that we can, we can move on to the message that God placed on my heart for you today. So first I'm going to show you a couple of slides, kind of a short overview of my life. But I want to ask you, how many soccer players are here today? Just a few? Okay, the soccer team has a special team, a uh, special place on my heart uh, because I played soccer here a long time ago. How many basketball players? A few? Okay. Well, I have a lot of soccer slides to show, so I hope you're going to enjoy it. Um, can we start with the first one? Yeah, this is the first one. So, the title of my message is Spiritual Turbulence, and this is because that's what I had when I was at Central. I had a lot of spiritual turbulence. And I will, I will explain why and uh, try to tell you how to do better. Let's see the first slide. So I grew up in Croatia, which is in Europe, right there. We share the sea with Italy. And uh, it's a beautiful country. You can check it out on the internet. We have the most beautiful coast. You will definitely want to visit someday. It's, uh, it's amazing. Uh, next slide. You can see a political map of Europe right now. And Croatia is right there. Some, Yeah, right there. And um, um, OK, next slide. Next slide. Yeah, this is the flag of Croatia. We have a coat of arms in the middle that's checkered red and white. So that's why, why our national team jersey looks like this. Uh, do you know who this is? Anybody? Luka Modric. Luka Modric is one of the best midfielders in the world. He was voted the best player in the world in 2018, beating Ronaldo and Messi for the trophy. And um, yeah, yeah. Uh, we're, we're a small country of 4 million people. So we're proud of our national soccer team because in 98, we got third place in the world. And in 2018, we got second place in the World Cup. So hopefully in the next 20 years, we may get to the first place. But you know, the whole world plays soccer. So this is a, this is a huge, huge success for us. Okay, next slide. This is my high school in Croatia. And what's special about it is that I studied a lot of foreign languages there. I studied four foreign languages, and then later in biblical studies, two more. So that makes six foreign languages. And I also speak in tongues, so that's seven, right? But that will be important for something I will, I will do later. Okay, next slide. So when I was in high school, in Croatia, I grew up in the 80s, and VCRs came out, and movie tapes came out, and we watched a lot of movies, and uh, 
you know, I wanted to come to the States and see what it's like. Uh, like Coach Farrell said, I thought it was, it was going to be my promised land. So I applied to be an exchange student and from a European city of almost one million people, I came to Brownwood, Texas, a cowboy town of about 20,000 people right in the middle of Texas. And I loved it. It was so different from where I grew up. You know, every day was just different and exciting. And I was just looking forward to what new things I'm going to discover there. So while I was in Brownwood, I became a Christian. Uh, I came as an atheist. I grew up in the atheist country of Yugoslavia, which fell apart. So um, uh, I'm actually from Croatia, which was one of the republics of Yugoslavia. But I grew up as an atheist. And I came to Brownwood, and some friends took me to church with them. And um, at first, it was really weird for me. What are these people doing? You know, singing to God, reading the Bible. This guy is preaching from the Bible. They're all listening. Uh, I felt a little uncomfortable, you know. But I noticed that the people were loving and different. And I liked the youth group, so I kept coming. And I remember for the first time in my life, I heard about God who created the world, God who created me and you, God who gave me life. For the first time in my life, I heard about Jesus Christ being my Savior and, uh, you know, laying down that sacrifice for me. And I just thought, wow, I believe this. This is the truth. This is what I was missing in my life. You know, this is why, why I felt, even though I had a good life, I felt like there was always something missing, and I, I couldn't put my finger on it. So God really filled that void, that emptiness. And uh, I was baptized. I became a member of the church. And um, it, was a, it was a great, great experience for me. I stayed with a soccer coach there. Coach Farrell already explained that. I got a scholarship to come to Central. So look at this next slide. My first year at Central. What a kid. I couldn't even fix my collar for the picture. Okay, next slide. <clears throat> this is our first year team in 91. Uh, Emir, Emir is here, right? Is that you? Yeah, that's you? Yeah, he hasn't changed a bit. Um, we, we were actually competing in the National Small College Athletic Association, you know, because we were really small school which we, none of us liked at the time. But we, we got to nationals and lost the game and ended up in the second place. But there's still a plaque in the new gymnasium. I just saw it yesterday. Okay, the second year team, next slide. We had an even better team the second year. We competed in the uh, Junior College Athletic Association and won Region 6. And there's a plaque in the gymnasium. I just saw it yesterday. Next slide. So this is me the second year. I got tough, right? <laughs> Can you tell the difference from the first year? <laughs> I grew up a little bit. I had late development. Second, my, my, computer, my computer closed. Okay. Next slide. Uh, this is from the soccer brochure. Um, 
Uh, Goran is the Tigers' captain this year and an excellent one. Uh, I wasn't really an excellent captain, but I did lead by example. Um, his skill level and intelligence make him an outstanding player in the mid midfield. That's true. Um, he's one of the top midfielders to come through Central. Probably the top midfielder, but okay. Uh, next slide. These are some of my awards. So, President Citation. I'm not sure what that is, but it sounds like President had something good to say about me. I don't know. And look at the next one, Most Hustle. Who came up with that one, you know? <laughs> it's like, let's give him an award because he's a pretty good player. But we ran out of it, so Most Hustle. You know? But, okay, I did, I did run a lot as a midfielder, and I was pretty, pretty aggressive, so I guess that's... That's the hustle. Next slide. Okay, this is me. This is an official photo in the game. And I don't know if you can tell, but there's a light from heaven shining down on me. And uh, that's how it was. What can I say, you know? Okay, next slide. Uh, I transferred from Central to SNU. We had an even better team there. Uh, we played the NIA Division One. We were ranked number nine in the nation. We won district. We won regionals. Didn't make it to nationals again. Um, my nickname was Croatia, the Croatian Nightmare. You can see why. Um, no, I had I had really good uh, dribbling skills, and uh, that's how I got my nickname. And um, I studied international relations at SNU, and I graduated from there, summa cum laude. And I was hoping to be a, a diplomat one day, you know, to work in international relations. So, next slide. Oh, and after college, I played a little bit for uh, a semi-pro indoor team. It's called Oklahoma City Slickers. And um, it, was, it was a good team. And uh, we won something right there. I have a, I have a medal around my neck. Uh, next slide. Yeah, we were... USISL indoor champions, whatever that means, but we, we won something. We were a good team. Uh, so when I was at, just a second, let me find my place. When I was at SNU, I still wanted to, to stay, well, one, one, one more slide to finish my soccer story, okay. So now I play in Croatia in what they call the Veterans League. It's basically a league for the old people to play soccer, you know. So when you're past your prime, when you're past, past the age of 33, you can play in the Veterans League. And uh, we're actually quite successful. Uh, we've been uh, to the Nationals twice in the last three years, and we won second place twice. Now, we've been to the Nationals three times, but won the second place twice. So finally, after all these good teams, I made it to, to the Nationals in, you know, my old days. I'm almost 50, you know. Okay, that's, that's my soccer story, so let's go to the next, next slide. Um, when, I was, when I was at SNU, um, I, something happened my, my, my last year of college. You know, at first I thought I was going to stay in the States because I really liked it here. And, uh, you know, my soccer buddies would tease me and, and uh, would say to me, come on, Goran, say it. I love this country, you know. 
And um, I wanted to stay, but the last year, God really changed the, des the desires of my heart. And I started thinking, uh, I really need to go back home. You know, I need to share my Christian experience with my people back home. And that's what I did. I finished school and I, I went back home to Croatia. Well, as soon as the authorities got hold of me, they threw me in the army. Uh, we had a mandatory army service, which means you have to go. Uh, it was mandatory for all men after the age of 18. So they cut my hair off. And I don't know why I'm smiling, because I had a terrible time in the army. Uh, but they gave me a uniform, a pair of boots, and uh, an AK-47, a.k.a. Kalashnikov, right? So, um, next slide. This is actually um, where I started, started to work in Croatia. And I thought my dream was coming true, because I studied international relations. I wanted to be a diplomat. And I got a job at a Ministry of Foreign Affairs, you know, which establishes relations with other countries. And over the years, you can become an ambassador to another country. And that, that's what I wanted to do. But again, God intervened in my life, changed my desires completely. The doors shut for me there. You can see they're closed. Um, and I started working. I really wanted to work in a Christian ministry. So next slide. So this is one of the churches where, where I worked for, uh, for quite, quite a long time. So instead of becoming an ambassador for Croatia, I became an ambassador for Christ. It's a pretty good deal, right? And uh, I worked as a youth pastor. I worked as an assistant pastor. Uh, then we started a new church. And uh, I worked for a pastor as a pastor for a number of years. And uh, something, God did something amazing again. And I became, uh, next slide, I became a Bible translator. Something I never dreamed in my life. But remember, I went to high school and studied a lot of foreign languages. So all that time, God was actually preparing me to become a Bible translator one day. We had a group, group of people. I was the leader of the project or uh, an editor-in-chief. And we produced this new translation, which is in today's Croatian language, so that pe people can easily read and understand what they're reading. You know, all the previous translations use uh, like a high literary language, tenses that we don't use anymore. So we produced something that people really like. And in fact, uh, one lady wrote us and she said, for the first time in my life, I can actually understand what I'm reading in the Bible. So that's really good. We're getting uh, great feedback. OK, and next slide. So right now, uh, I stand in front of the camera with my mouth open. Now, right now, I'm working as a Bible uh, I have a ministry, a Bible teaching ministry. So what I'm doing right there is making Bible teaching videos because there's very few of those in Croatian language. And uh, the title says Croatian translations of the Bible. What kind of translations do we have and how to use them? So that's just one of the things that I do. 
Uh, I also teach at a couple of schools. I teach New Testament courses, including New Testament Greek. Uh, I visit a lot of different churches all over Croatia, distribute new Bibles, uh, preach and teach, and so on. So that's what, that's what I do now. And uh, next slide. This is my family, my wife, Maya, and we have three sons, Khaled, Adam, and Noah. So that's my life in short. Hope I didn't waste too much time. I didn't, okay. Uh, can we please go back to slide number 10? Yes. So uh, what God has placed on, on my heart is to tell you about my time at Central. And I want to be honest with you. I had a turbulent spiritual time. You know, when I was flying here, we had some occasional turbulence in the airplane. Uh, but it wasn't bad. But I remember on some, on some trips, uh, the plane would shake really hard and uh, it would scare you and it would, it would uh, uh, fall through the air pockets and your stomach goes up. And uh, those times are scary, uh, the, the, the turbulence. So I want to be honest about my weaknesses, especially when, when I was your age. And when I came to Central, I was really immature as a Christian because I just became a Christian six months ago before coming to Central. And I converted from atheism to Christianity. So I had zero experience with the Bible, you know, zero church experience, uh, no Christian family experience, nothing like that. Uh, just became a Christian and started learning. So that was one of the things that made it kind of, kind of hard for me. You know, I was, I was a beginner in this thing that we call uh, Christianity and following Christ. So I had faith and I tried my best to follow Christ. But I remember I was also so pulled by the desires of the flesh. And looking back, I realized, I think what I was missing the most is the knowledge and the experience and the power of the Holy Spirit in my life. And I will explain that some more. You know, when we came here, the school gave us rules to live by. And they were good rules, you know, uh, what you can do and what you can do and so on. But it was difficult to live under the rules. In fact, I remember one of the first chapels that we had, and they were telling us the rules. And one of the rules was no dancing. And somebody in the back said, what is this, Footloose? I don't know if you know that movie. The first one is from the 80s. But it's, it was actually an appropriate comment because you know, they were forbidden to dance because of religion. And the movie deals with that theme. So, uh, but Paul talks about this situ situation in Romans 7. And um, I'm just kind of, going to retell it because we don't have time to read it. But the whole chapter, he explains how the law of God is good, but how it actually provokes him to sin because he has a sinful nature. You know? So when, 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 when you have the law of God and a human sinful, unregenerated nature, and it comes together and the result is a failure, is a catastrophe. So Paul ends the, the chapter and he says, 
I'm a wretched man. Who will save me from this terrible condition? And in fact, in, in 2 Corinthians, he says, the law kills, but the Spirit gives life. So Paul gives a solution in Romans 8. He writes about how Jesus Christ saved us from that condition. But he also writes a lot in Romans 8 about the Holy Spirit, how he makes us sons and daughters of God, how the Holy Spirit prays for us with unspeakable words, how he speaks to our inner being, how he witnesses to us that we're actually the children of God and that we can call him now our Father, and how he leads us in our life. So, in Ephesians 5.18, Paul says, and this is, this is the, the message I want to I wanna leave with you, be continuously filled with the Spirit. Actually, he, sells, he just says, be filled with the Spirit. But when you look into the Greek original, it's a present continuous tense. So he wants to say, you know, be continuously filled with the Spirit. Every day, every opportunity you have. In fact, let me read from Ephesians 5, 15. Paul says, So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Do not act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine, because that will ruin your life. We have a lot of those cases in Croatia. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And I just want to say I completely understand people who reach for alcohol, right? Because life is hard for everybody. And you need something to, to relax, to forget, to make you feel better. But we have something that is so much more potent and healthier in the Holy Spirit for our lives. So what is being filled with the Spirit? How would, how would you describe it? How would I describe it? It is actually being filled with the being of God himself with the character of God, with the love of God, with the power of God. You know, we're not made and we're not supposed to live on our own. And the Bible clearly says that. So being filled with the Spirit, for me, is like an intimate time with the Lord. When you are filled with His love and joy and peace and hope and power, and everything that is bad, because God is filling you up, everything that is bad, you know, starts to fall off. Sometimes it just falls off like this. Sometimes it, it starts to fall off. I would say it's like a marriage relationship. So if there's intimacy there and love and closeness, then we can do all the other things, like the obligations of the marital and family life. But if the first thing is missing, we're going to have a very hard time doing everything else. So I guess it's a matter of priorities. And I think Paul wants to say to us that being, being filled with the Spirit is a priority for our life. If we want to live a good, victorious, 
uh, Christian life. So I knew the rules. You know, I knew the rules. And one of the rules, for, for example, from Jesus himself is do not lust. But I could not obey it. In fact, I was in bondage to lust. And then I remember back in Croatia, uh, in our city, a bunch of churches got together. And we had this wonderful worship time. And we just felt like we were reaching the heavens. And we felt like God's presence was just falling down on us. And I remember at that moment, I knew I was set free from the bondage of lust because I was filled with the Spirit. And the next time when the temptation came, because the temptations don't go away, temptations come as long as we are in this world. But the next time the temptation came, I had the power to say, no, I'm a different person, you know. So, you know, these powerful worship times are important. When you're filled with the Spirit and you just feel like you're out of this world and He satisfies your every need and gives you power for days ahead to follow Christ and to actually live for the purposes of God. So, it is really better, you know, to be filled with the Spirit and be led by the Spirit because the rules cannot give life, but the Spirit can give you true divine life and love and power that you really need. So I had this misconception that Christianity was about following the rules. You know, I had a legalistic view, a wrong view, that Christianity was a list of what you, you can do and you, you, you don't do. And then if you believe, if you belong to a certain denomination, they, they will tell you what's acceptable there and what's not acceptable there. And I read the, the Bible as, as a list of rules. And that was wrong. Because if you look, for example, at the epistles of Paul, he always talks about having this wonderful relationship with God first. And all these wonderful things that God has done for us, you know, and, and made us new creatures and, and filled us with the Spirit. And then Paul says, you know, you must know that you're the children of God and that you're filled with the Spirit. And then at the end of his letters, you know, he says, and now that you, that, that you know you're in Christ, this is what you do and this is what you should do. So let's, let's try to answer the question for the end of our time, how to be filled with the Spirit. I think Paul gives an answer in continuation uh, of this text in Ephesians in 5, uh, 19 to 20. He says, sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and make music to the Lord in your hearts. So in other words, you know, when we worship God together or when we worship God alone and just sing to Him in our hearts, this is something that can really fill you with the Spirit of God. And then he continues on verse 20 and says, And give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So praying to God, giving thanks to Him, 
is also something that can fill you with the Spirit. Reading the Word of God, but really, you know, taking it for yourself, internalizing it, appropriating it, it will fill you with the Spirit of God. Doing the Word of God will fill you with the Spirit also, like helping people in need, for example. And it can be a bit different for each one of us, you know, what works best. But I think all of these things are something that fills us with the Spirit of God so that we can truly go on with our lives if we want to follow Christ and serve, serve God's purposes. So that is my message to you today. And uh, I will ask Zach to, to say what, what we can do right now. Maybe someone needs a prayer. I, I'll be here for a little while if you want me to pray with you. If you want to talk to me, I am available for that. year about story, about God's story and the invitation for us to find our place in God's story and then to live that bigger story. And, and Gordon, he left out some details that as I was driving him back from the airport and I was just like, oh my God, like no one, you can't make this up. Like, God's story is incredible. So what he didn't tell you, um, that I'm just, I, you got to hear this, Central. So he goes to this English-speaking class because he's a foreign exchange student. He finds out that it's a ministry led by this missionary who was from the same small town in Texas where he ended up. All right, but I'm not done. So, so Gordon goes to high school at this small town in Texas. The missionary comes back. They connect. Years later, after Gordon's become a Christian, he goes back to Croatia with this missionary, and they plant a church there together. What? What? This is the story that we get to be a part of. And the beautiful thing is, no matter where you find yourself this morning, we get to launch you from this small, boring Kansas community into a larger world and watch you live that kind of story. Gordon, it's been a privilege to have you and to hear your story. Thank you so much for sharing with us this morning. Oh, my goodness. There it is. I, a couple more things as we close this morning. Yes, Taco Bell was the first thing he wanted, but when we entered McPherson, he wanted to see the soccer field before he had Taco Bell. So I just I want to clarify that. Um, so that, just so that you know where his heart really lies. It was soccer and then the deliciousness that is Taco Bell. Um, as you go this morning, may you go in the grace and the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ. May you go knowing that the story you live is connected to God's bigger story.
grace and peace. Have a great week.